0: Somebody asked me, why are we having a Christmas service after Christmas? Well, obviously, because in the history, the long history of the church, the church has celebrated the 12 days of Christmas. I bet you thought the 12 days happened before Christmas Day, right? Wrong. Have you ever heard of Christmastide, Christmas time? Google it. Uh, The church would celebrate after the 25 days of Advent 12 days afterwards, 12 days from December the 25th to January the 5th, and this time was a time of transformation. It was a time of, just like Steve said in the reading about Mary, she treasured these things in her heart and pondered them and that's what the 12 days of Christmas that's what Christmas tide is supposed to be about it's about us treasuring the Christ in our hearts valuing the precious gifts that we have received through Christ not what you got under the tree kids But it's treasuring the gifts of Jesus, the gift of Jesus, and the gifts that come through Jesus. And so let's spend these days thinking, meditating, treasuring all that Jesus Christ means to us and all that he has brought to us. And that's the point of this short sermon this morning. Unto us a child is born. You see, Jesus referred to himself as the light of the world," in John 8:12 and John 9 verse five. You remember when you open your Bibles to the beginning in Genesis, the very first thing that we have recorded that God said is, "Let there be light. Let there be light." And the light came into the world. As God spoke, and the light dispelled the darkness. Light gets rid of the darkness. And so what God did in the very beginning, before he ever even made the earth, before he ever put man on the earth, God begins his plan with light. Light is necessary for life. It is necessary for life, and we are to rejoice with life. We rejoice with all that God has done for us. Jesus is said to be, in Luke chapter 2, verse 31, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So because of Jesus... Israel is magnified, and they actually become the light of the world that God intended them to be when they were created, and it all happens through Jesus. So just like light came into the world, in the very beginning, light comes to the world through Jesus, and that's who Jesus is. John 1, verse 4 and 5, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light of men. Jesus brings light to people living in darkness. Later on in John chapter 3, when it speaks in verse 19 about God sending his Son God sending the light into the world, we read there where men rejected the light. And the reason he says they rejected the light is because they love the darkness. And the light exposes the darkness. In other words, the light exposes the sinfulness of man. And that's why many people still reject Jesus, they run from the light just like you kicked over a big rock or a dead log and you see bugs running. The reason they run is because they love the darkness and the light is frightening to them. They're running for darkness. And that's what men do today. They run towards sin, they run towards evil. But in this dark world that we live in, God has sent his son to give light to the world and darkness never will overcome it when you turn the light on the darkness goes away when you bring Jesus into the room the room lights up when you bring Jesus into your life your life lights up you come Alive through Jesus. He is the light that brings life and vice versa. He is the life that brings light and the light gives us life. We have life through Jesus. We can see through Jesus. We can see the truth, the reality of ourselves, the reality of our relationship with God. We can see who we are. And it amazes me how so many Christians really prefer the darkness. They don't want to be transparent. They don't want to share the truth about who they are. They don't want to talk about their struggles. They don't want to deal with their pain. They don't want to expose their issues. They want to keep it undercover, and they want to dress up and act like we got it all together and everything's good. That's not how Jesus affects people. Jesus exposes the darkness. And that's how you get rid of the darkness, is by admitting it, by confessing it, being real about what's going on in your life. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus is the light of the whole world. Jesus is the joy of the world. Those shepherds at first were afraid when the angel appeared, when the light showed in the middle of the night, when the light came, they were afraid of what they saw and what they heard. And yet, you keep reading, and as they listened to the message of the angel, they rejoiced in what they heard. The promised Messiah had come, he had arrived, all that they had been taught through the centuries, all that they had longed for and hoped for and desired for themselves, for their nation, God had finally shown up. And his son was born, and that's why they rejoiced. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, Which shall be to all people. And in Philippians 4, verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice always, all the time. Rejoice. Why can't Christians rejoice? Why are so many down and depressed and discouraged? Why is there so much negativity in the life of Christians? Well, I want to tell you some reasons why. Number one, we hang on to our past. We long for the darkness. We hang on to bitterness. We hang on to all those things that people have done against us and all the hardships of life and all of the bad turns that we took, and all the bad choices, and the way that we have been maligned and mistreated, and all these things. And we focus on them. We focus on the bad. We focus on what we don't have. We focus on what we think we want. We focus on what we think we need. We can't get over what has happened. Who did me wrong? Who said this? Who did that? There's no rejoicing and complaining. There's no rejoicing and fussing and fighting and arguing. There's no rejoicing in that. There's no rejoicing in sin and darkness. Let the light of Jesus shine on you and get rid of all of that baggage and live in the light and the glory of Jesus And there you will rejoice. I promise you that. You walk with Jesus Christ and you will rejoice. What Jesus brought was love for this world. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He loved us that much. Jesus is a gift to mankind. And what did he bring? He brought the love of God to us. Listen to 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you rely on that? Do you truly believe God loves you? Do you believe he loves you unconditionally? Do you believe that he loves you in spite of who you are? Do you believe that? Do you rely on that? Do you trust in the love of God? whatever things happen in your life, when things get topsy-turvy, when things get difficult, when things get weird, when you don't understand why this has happened or why that's happened, when you can't make sense of it all, do you rely on the fact God loves me? And listen, folks, if you believe in that, there is, is great power in that. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Maybe sins that I've committed, maybe sins that people have committed against me, but if there is love in my heart for my enemy, if there is love in my heart for those around me, if there is love in my heart for Jesus, I can be free from worrying about what people are thinking about me. I can be free from vengeance. I can be free from chains that bind me because of love, the great love of God. And I know that God is for me, God is with me, and I'm going to be okay no matter what. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love, lives in God. Now think about it. God is love. So if you live in love, you're living in God. Can you say to yourself, of yourself, I am living in love, live a life of love, love better in this coming year. Love better, love more, love well, love those around you, love the people in your life. When's the last time you told people in your world, in your home? that you love them? When's the last time that you spoke their love language? When is the last time you showed them that I'm thinking about them, I care about you, you're important to me, you're special, you're wonderful, I love you? Live like that. Live love. And if we do so, we're living in God. Jesus brings peace. There's so much anxiety in this world. The drug companies are so wealthy just because of anxiety in the world and fear and worry. There's so many things in life that seem to cause people to be upset. And some things are upsetting. Many things are upsetting. We hear of news that relates to us personally. Maybe you have a loved one who's not doing well. Maybe you're not doing well. In a pandemic such as we live in, we hear negative, bad news all the time. And a lot of what we hear personally affects us and so yes we worry yes we do have some anxiety that we have to struggle with and deal with absolutely that's the reality of living in this world in the flesh in a world dominated by sin and evil but in Philippians 4 Paul says Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Instead of worrying, let's try prayer. Let's just try it. Let's pray about it instead. Whatever. Is bothering you, whatever is haunting you, whatever is upsetting to you, whatever is disturbing you, pray about those things. And then he tells us the things that he wants us to think about. Think about good things. Think about the positive. Think about the beautiful. Think about the lovely. Think about the pure. Think about All of those kinds of things. And guess what? The peace of God. Look at what it says. The peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does a guard do? He protects. So in other words, he protects. The peace of God will protect your heart and mind in Jesus. So let's look at it again. What are we told to think about? What is true? How many times do we have false narratives running around in our head they are not even true? Think about the things that are true. Think about what is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. These are the kind of things. And and, and look at what he says at the end of verse 9. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And then look at Colossians 3.15. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And finally this morning, Jesus is the hope of the world. When those shepherds jumped up and took off running out into the darkness toward those lights in Bethlehem, when they ran with great joy because of what they had seen and heard, when they ran to Jesus, they ran to Jesus, and they rejoiced because it was hope fulfilled the nation of Israel had longed for the coming of the Messiah for a long long time they at this time were under the oppression of the Roman Empire there were a lot of things that were not right with them with their culture with their society There were many, many things about the Jews in the first century that were not at all what they were supposed to be and what God wanted them to be. But they had hope burning in their hearts. They knew that God is true, what he says is gonna happen. And God had made some promises to them He had promised them that he would send a Messiah, a deliverer, a savior. They knew that, they believed that, and they longed for that. And so now he has come. He has arrived, and those shepherds could not wait to see him, and so they ran to see the promised Messiah, You know what Jesus brought to Israel is essentially what Jesus brings to us. Just like the Jews longed for and hoped for and dreamed for deliverance. We can relate to that. Now, on the one hand, deliverance salvation has already come. There is an element of fulfilled hope already in us. John said in 1 John five thirteen, my little children, these things I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. You have it. He didn't say one of these days when Jesus comes, you're gonna have eternal life. No, he said, you have it. And Jesus says it's an abundant life that he came to give. So the things that I've talked about this morning, the joy, the love, the peace, the hope, all of these things that we've talked about, these are gifts of God for us now. We experience all these things now. We live lives of love now. We have peace now. We live lives of joy now. And the hope that comes in Christ is real and it is present. But it includes the promises of God that are yet to be fulfilled. For example, Hebrews 2:14 tells us the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Well, death has not been destroyed yet. We're still attending funerals. God's not finished, it's not over. That's why there's a lot of things gone wrong that have not been fixed or corrected. God is not finished. And what that means is that he will finish his work. He will complete what he started out to do. His plan is going to be accomplished. You can count on it, period. Period. And that is the hope that lies within us. I don't hope to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Heaven is living in me. The spirit of Christ is in. I don't hope to be with Jesus, wish to be with Jesus. I am with Jesus now, right here in this body, in this life. However, God promises that Jesus is coming back and when he comes back, these mortal bodies will be changed in the blink of an eye. We will put on immortality and all the dead in Christ are going to come up out of the graves and we're going to have the greatest, most joyous reunion ever, ever, because of the promise of God and what he is going to accomplish and all that stuff in this world that has burdened us down and been so heavy and difficult to bear, we will forever be released from it. And sin and death will be no more. Folks, if you can't clap about that, I'm done.